Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames, brought to you by Built Bar. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and I'm returning after about a month hiatus. Uh, you know, things happen, life happens, you need to take care of yourself. But today, we are back, and I missed you all so much. And we are going to be catching up on all things Calgary Flames. Be sure to follow and subscribe uh, to Locked on Flames for free right now on your favorite podcast app. If you're like me, if it's free, it's for me. And if you're feeling generous, please head over to the podcast app and give the show a five-star rating and review. Hello, everyone. Oh, my goodness. It feels so good to be back. I... Unfortunately, did have to take the month of November off just due to me not really feeling well and kind of being under the weather, uh, not COVID related and thankfully, but just, you know, (laughs) the uh, ebbs and flows of life as a uh, person with chronic illness. But the big news that I missed that I really wanted to talk about with y'all is, of course, Blasty making his return. Uh, The reverse retro jerseys were released probably two, three weeks ago now, and I'm still not sure we know what um, (laughs) reverse retro means. It was a complete hit or miss for some of these, and personally, I think the Flames really just nailed the design. I think it was, you know, obviously a classic, and... The color combination is, I love it. I think it's going to look fantastic on the ice. We have seen some promo shots and they look so good. And I am hopeful (laughs) that we will see them on the ice this season. But the color combination does remind me of the Vancouver alternates from, I believe it was last season. And the Vancouver, like the Canucks logo, um, on those alternates reminded me of like a clock you would see in a diner, like the neon lights and things like that. But Blasty looks super cool on them. And like I said before, I'm very much looking forward to seeing them on the ice. And we will certainly talk more about the return to play plan coming up later on in this episode. But some of my favorite jerseys were the Panthers with that blue I think they did a fantastic job like with uh, four colors those are very hard to nail sometimes less is more Uh, the LA Kings I thought just were chef's kiss I loved it Uh, you know being from the east coast you're not really supposed to support anything LA especially as a Boston fan but uh, you know I think those were just just to hit out of the park with those. The Flames are obviously, you know, really good ones too. And I think those are top three. But because this is a Flames podcast, I really do need to take a moment to just kind of dog on the Oilers. Were they any different? I like, there was nothing exciting about it. I think they just like went on Photoshop and shifted the orange a little bit and said, okay, here we go. I don't like them, but they're not as bad as those, um, blue and orange jerseys, like the solid blue. And I think it had the, um, orange like vest or chest rather that looked like they were from Walmart. 
and just oh my goodness I just I wish that some of the teams had tried more um I wish that the Ducks kind of put more effort into theirs as well I think that (laughs) that um those jerseys were they just felt uh unfinished and you know incomplete it was um the bottom of the jerseys reminded me of like like a paint by numbers or a color by number worksheet that you get when you're a child. And I personally uh, just, I don't like a lot of white space on the Jersey or a lot of blank space. I think that if you're going to do it, you need to do it correctly. And unfortunately leaving the duck and the ocean lake, I don't really know what's happening there. Um, Blank was just too much. But same thing goes for the Islanders jerseys that I mentioned for the Oilers. It felt like they literally just shifted a color um, up or down on Photoshop and said, okay, I'm done. Everybody was screaming about, uh, you know, having the fisherman return. And I think that would have been so cool to do. That would have been awesome. Uh, The New York Rangers, I think, did a really cool look with theirs. I don't hate it. The Capitals one, I really don't like. I'm just like, I'm not even like looking at anything right now. I'm going like through my head and my memory of like what other ones. Oh, uh, Arizona, I thought was really cool. I don't necessarily hate it, but there's again, a lot going on. And I love, love, love the color purple. I think that that is awesome. I'm very excited to see these fun colors on the ice, I really love them. I love the creativity and the effort put into them by, you know, <laughs> the ones who wanted to put in effort and the other ones who clearly kind of uh, forgot that the due date was rolling around and said, oop, okay. But uh, coming up next, we are going to be talking about Johnny Boychuk's announcement and more. But coming up first, we are going to talk about the wonderful Built Bar protein bars. I have been on a fitness kick lately. I've been doing this 60-day challenge where, you know, you have to complete certain tasks that just lead you into a healthier lifestyle, and Built Bar is something I consume every day to help contribute to those life changes. And they have six new amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And of course, they have the uh, 12 original flavors, which we all know and love. Some of my favorites are the peanut butter brownie, orange, salted caramel, peanut butter, and raspberry. Built Bars taste like a candy bar, and that's why I love them and why I have made them a staple in my life. They have so much protein in them. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in fiber, and they're good if you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in that sweet, in that sweet treat and, you know, treating your, um, your sweet tooth. So be sure to go to builtbar.com and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Lockdown Flames continues. Please follow me over on Twitter at Jessica Belmosto. Alrighty, so last week 
uh, Johnny Boychuk announced his retirement, which I found very sad because, you know, he was on the Bruins and he helped the Bruins win the Stanley Cup. But he announced uh, his retirement after he suffered a severe, severe injury back in uh, March. He uh, received a skate to the eyelid in, I believe it was Montreal. So he had to get 90 stitches uh, to his eyelid, and he admits that his peripheral vision is pretty bad, and he is pretty sure he has some optic nerve damage. This was actually the second injury to that same eye. Back in 2010, he fractured the orbital bone uh, in Vancouver against or against Vancouver while he was with Boston. And, you know, you hate to see anybody go out like this and have their career end early because of an injury. But let's take a look back on his career and, you know, some of those stats. But he scored 206 points uh, in 725 NHL games with the Avalanche, Bruins, and Islanders, and 30 points in 104 Stanley Cup playoff games, which is huge. And he helped the Bruins win in 2011. It really does break my heart to see a career end the way that this one did. You always wish nothing but the best for players who used to play for your team. And something about Johnny Rocket was special. And this news just hit me a lot harder than I certainly expected it to. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he, you know, was a Bruin. And he was one of my first favorite players growing up. And he was obviously part of that uh, Stanley Cup championship winning team. And, you know, it <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, a slap in the face, <laughs> um, you know, a reality check that, you know, you're getting older and these things are going to happen and there are going to be days where, um, <laughs> you know, your former favorite player is um, retiring and, you know, the hockey isn't going to be the same without them. And I think a lot of you guys can relate to that, obviously, you know, as Geo gets older and things like that. It's just, it's hard to wrap your head around and to actually think about. But coming up next, we are going to take a look at what else is going on around the league and see if there has been any progress towards a return to play plan. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto continues. Don't forget to give us a follow over on Twitter at LO underscore Flames. Many of us expected the NHL to resume shortly after the new year, and there were mumblings of training camp starting, I um, believe it was like two weeks before Thanksgiving. So it's a little, you know, disappointing. I, I don't even want to say disappointing because hockey during a pandemic seems weird. But, um, you know, I think a lot of us could use that bit of normalcy in our life, and it gives us, you know something to look forward to but it also feels selfish for wanting hockey but there has been a little bit of I guess movement within the league not much but I actually wrote about it today there are rumors of a Canadian (laughs) division just all Canadian since you know there is no 
border crossing because that isn't essential. And I don't really know if customs would (laughs) exactly consider uh, hockey essential. But one thing to note is that the Toronto Raptors in the NBA actually had to relocate to uh, Tampa Bay because Toronto was like, no, like you can't play here. You're not going to, you know, have people coming and going. (laughs) But as they are the only Canadian team, I think that's why. But I also am thinking how this could work for the NHL since, you know, there are six teams and I think it would be so much fun, you know, uh, the rivalries would be amplified and I, you know, maybe some new ones would be formed and a lot of eyes would be on these teams, especially, you know, teams like Calgary and Edmonton because of how intense the battle of Alberta was last year and how we were all dying for that playoff matchup and we never got it. Um, I don't think that Toronto would have a hard time winning the division necessarily. I think that it would be a cakewalk compared to the typical Atlantic division. They wouldn't have to play Boston. They wouldn't have to play Tampa and even the Florida Panthers. And, you know, yeah, they'd play Montreal, but, like, did Montreal really – does it jump out at you on paper to be like, oh, my goodness, Montreal, like, they got so much better? I don't think so. But I think, you know, Montreal is a good team. I think the weakest team out of the group would have to be Winnipeg. You know, we watched them in their uh, bubble stint, and the only thing that they had going for them was Connor Hellebuck. And because they haven't done anything this offseason, really, I certainly wouldn't expect it to be, you know, just a stellar <laughs> uh, performance for them. I think it would be a little bit more difficult, especially when you have, you know, when you're going when you're going up against players like Austin Matthews um, and John Tavares on a more consistent basis, and then you know you're going up against. Uh, I almost said Connor Kachuk. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Matthew Kachuk. Uh, you know, Sean Monahan, Elias Lindholm, Johnny Gaudreau. Like, you know that. Um, Oh my goodness, the amount of competition that they would face is just a lot more intense than their normal division. And I would certainly like to see this division, and I would certainly love to see Calgary just, you know, squish Toronto. That's really what I want, guys. That's what I want. I think that overall, Toronto looks great on paper, but they didn't really do anything this offseason. I'm trying to think. I don't think that they did. And they're going to have to break up their core even more if they want to win and succeed and to have money to pay a goaltender. And unfortunately, that's not happening with the $11 that they have. Um, That's not an actual figure. That's just me dogging Toronto but I really do think that we could potentially see that and it just it makes the most sense but then you raise the question again that we had in the bubble of um the whole 
border crossing for American families? Like, are are their families going to be able to visit? Are their families going to be able to, you know, stay in a hotel? Are they, like, what what is going to happen? Is it, because it's basically a giant Canadian bubble, you know? Like, you're hopping around from those six cities and things like that. So if, or five other cities, I guess. But I'm just really wondering how the NHL is going to make this happen. Would they have to restructure every other division as well? Would they do like more divisional bubbles? Kind of like, um, oh my goodness, like uh, MLB did where they only played like their division and then their corresponding one in the opposite division, sort of like that. Oh, it's just a big bunch of confusion. And that is why I am not on the return to play committee. (laughs) And the people making the big bucks are. But uh, I did just see this tweet from Pierre Lebrun, who uh, tweeted, the players return (laughs) return to committee play. Nope. The players return to play committee has another call scheduled for this afternoon. The 16 player committee has been meeting regularly. One source on the committee says he feels the season start between January 20th and February 1st. Makes most sense at this point, but nothing is decided. So I really don't think that this is you, – you can't fault the players. Um, I think the owners are going to get greedy because they were struggling with uh, financial um, – Oh my goodness. Basically the owners didn't want to pay people and they didn't want to adjust, I believe, how, like their paycheck or their payment period and things like that. Um, you know, real real greed coming from the big men upstairs, but it certainly will be interesting and I am very much looking forward to hockey season when it starts. You know, obviously we are not getting a January 1 start. That's that's fine. I don't care. As long as we have (laughs) hockey in safe conditions, I'm fine with that. But uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. It feels so good to be back. And don't forget to head on over to Locked on NHL to listen to our Monday episode with uh, Sarah, who does an amazing job with that show over there. And I will talk to you all later this week. Bye-bye.